Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, this episode's about you. It's manners. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? Oh, tired. Very tired. Well, the Christmas season's finally upon us. <laughs> finally. Here it is. December 21st. It is tis but 96 hours away. <laughs> Till it'll be Christmas. I haven't missed it. The go- Wait, is that true? 96 hours? Yeah. I mean, by the, when this comes out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, we're all ready. We've got everything up. We put up our decorations. We got everything around. And underneath, our Christmas tree. Mm, what a segue. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, sure. That was, that was a, a, a Paul Blart perfect segue. Oh, that's great. Because he rides on a segue. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay, so um, I'm not coming to Candle Nights. We have established that yes. by now, and this is probably the show I would have done at Candle Nights, as you do. So let, can I tell you the two things I know about Christmas trees? Okay. One, much like a lot of Christmas celebrations based off of like druidic, pagan stuff, right? Yes. Because it survives the winter. Mm-hmm. And two, popularized by Prince Albert. Are those two things true? Popularized, popular light. Po- oh no! Popularized in Victorian England. Yes, by Prince Albert. Yes, in a can. Before that, it was something uh, quite a staple of both Nordic and Germanic peoples. Okay, but let's go way back. To when the first Christmas tree was born. I think it went a little something like this. An angel appeared to a regular tree, to a deciduous, and said, There will come unto you a baby, and it will have piney stuff all over it. (laughs) And and the deciduous tree didn't say anything back, because it was a tree. Right. And then a brontosaurus walked by. (laughs) Uh, I like it. I do. Okay. I have a few notes. Okay. So more dinosaurs. Let's talk about just in general plants in religion. Okay. okay. So not only are we gonna we're gonna start at the beginning. We're kind of like uh, zoom out. Okay. Big picture. Big picture. So people as far back as the ancient Egyptians would bring plants into their homes for religious purposes. Um, these were probably palms because that's what they had. Um, again, it would be during the summer solstice because that was when palms were like flourishing, uh-huh. uh, probably to celebrate Ra, the sun god, um, returning from the long dark winter. Do you know what they would say to celebrate him? Ra, Ra, sis, boom, ba. It was 
You are really on a roll tonight. Listen, it's just, it's a late night recording. I can tell your energy's a little low because you're working hard to build a human in your belly. And I'm just, I'm trying, I'm trying to give you something, some kind of heat to work off of, something to get, to get. I'm just trying to split those sides, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the solstice... Uh, the winter solstice, like I said, was celebrated by Druids and Vikings, um, where they would bring the evergreen branches into their homes. Um, and in Scandinavia, particularly, you brought in the whole tree, which uh, and you would decorate it as a symbol of continuation of life and nature during the cold months. Okay. So this is probably that um, that kind of pagan root you were talking about uh-huh um but here it is once again the great christian rebrand yes tm 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 uh-huh uh so this probably happened around the eighth century we have a record of a christian monk who cut down a sacred oak tree which was worshipped by the germanic pagans it they probably were upset, right? They were upset. It was not a not a nice thing to do. No. He did it as a symbol to help these, quote, savage pagans, uh-huh. quote, understand God. Okay. You, okay. It sounds spiteful to me. Well, he wrote the history of it, so. No, I'm, I'm saying, <laughs> I don't know how he branded it. I cut it down so you would understand God. Well, sure. Keep listening. Okay. And he used the evergreen tree as an example, saying that the metaphor, the metaphor goes like this. Unlike the oak tree, God's love never dies. Okay, but if you cut it down, down it does. a tree, it does. Yeah. So that's a, f- hey, well, it's 8th century, so maybe he didn't understand. <sighs> okay. Yeah. It goes to also say that maybe the triangular shape of the pine tree had something to do with the Trinity. I mean, again, it did. Christian it, rebrand. Listen, I, I, I think, I think it's often a thing that seems like people are poo-pooing it, right? But if you look throughout history, there are literally countless examples of people like taking from other traditions and taking from other, like co-opting that stuff, appropriating it, right? So that they can popularize their own thing. There's a reason that there are very similar mythologies across all kinds of different, um, like different populations because like as different people invaded other places, they were like, yeah, we have that too. It's called, uh," so that that way they could ingratiate themselves with these other cultures. Like Christians aren't the only ones to do it. And it's not like they invented it or whatever. It's still not great. Like I wish, I think the big problem is I wish they would just say like, well, we, we incorporated this thing. These other people were doing instead of saying, ah, this is the reason why it's mm-hmm. because of the Trinity or whatever. I'm like, no, it's not. It's fine that it's not. not just really. say that it's not. It yeah. happened literally hundreds of years ago. Some more uh, Christmas tradition solstice things. Um, so in the Middle Ages, once the, you know, Christmassy tree took place, right? Uh, people would also bring cherry or hawthorn plants into their home 
hoping that they would bloom by Christmas. Okay. Right? So self-decorating trees. Oh, that's nice. That is nice. Um, and people who couldn't afford to bring their outside plants inside would make pyramids out of uh, cut wood and decorate them to look like trees. Oh, see, that seems better to me. That's seems practical. That's the, ver- that's the very first artificial Christmas tree. Don't you think? Yeah, you know, I'm also willing to bet, I this has literally never occurred to me before, but I'm willing to bet that if you're talking about like 16th, 17th, 18th, you know, century slash hundreds, that probably what they did is they'd use the Christmas tree, and then when Christmas is over, burn it. Probably. Right? Which, I mean, you already bought it free wood, right? Right? Or chopped it down, free wood. Like, here's the thing, I think about now how often... Like, how many Christmas trees just head on over to dumps, right? Just a waste of wood where they could be burned, right? Or repurposed somehow, right? right? Um, Speaking of the first decorations, they were probably things like candles, paper, and apples. Um, And the apples, again, developed this kind of symbolism at uh, the Adam and Eve business with sure. the apples, which were probably, I mean, I've I think heard, it's just that they already look like decorations. I've heard that people are like, no, they weren't really apples; they were pomegranates. But blah blah blah. Who knows? Um, it, mm. <laughs> I know. I, I I don't think it matters. Let's I don't think it, it matters either. Um, apples, right? Um. So uh, let's talk about the candles. Okay. Right. Seems like a really good reason to keep your tree hydrated. Yeah. Uh, Here's the thing, right? We have to link it to somebody. This one was linked to Martin Luther, who is said to have been so moved by a winter's walk on a starlit night that he put candles on his tree for his children to enjoy. Um, He's also credited with being the first person to decorate a tree inside his home. There's no way that's true. Probably not. No. Right. Um, but fire, right? We'll fire come, bad. We'll come back to that. I want to circle around to that when we talk more S- about circle around like tinsel. Like come back around to it, like a garland. That's like what a I was garland. Wondering. That's what you're looking for. Yes. So we'll come. We'll come back around to fire a little. Fire later. bad. Fire bad. Fire bad. Okay. Yes. Uncontrolled fire bad. Uncontrolled fire bad. <laughs> All right. That's a bit of a clunkier line for Frankenstein's monster, isn't it? Mm. Uncontrolled fire. Oh, only you prevent forest fires. Uh, so a couple more of the, the the Christian symbolism put on that tree. Candy canes, like the crook of a shepherd. Certainly. Uh, the star Was, at the top. But probably the not North yeah, They star. probably weren't doing like the they probably weren't doing the candy canes back in you know 60 well i've heard a couple different stories about candy canes maybe we should do its own thing but i've heard not just like the shepherd's crook but also if you turn it upside down it's a j for jesus sure but if you hold it right side up it's kind of a lowercase r for radical so <laughs> if you think about it okay and it's kind of striped like a barber's pole for barbers uh, same thing for the angels on top of the tree. Yeah, that one seems pretty one for one. Yeah. Um, okay, so the first places to have a Christmas tree in their town squares. Uh, New York City. Latvia and oh. Estonia. Okay. <laughs> in like, like the 1400s. Um, 
both trees were put up by whichever city, whichever city got there first. The trees were usually put up by merchants and ship owners. Um, and that these sponsors may have danced around them in the Times Square and then set them on fire according to the Yule Log tradition. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, once again, I think that's way more spectacular, frankly. If at the end of every Christmas season, Rockefeller Square was like, all right, everybody, stand back. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, I think, way cooler. That would be pretty awesome in the in the real sense of the word. Yes. Of awe. Um, so the idea was that the fire grew brighter and burned hotter and the logs turned into ashes, which symbolized Jesus's ultimate triumph over sin. Sure. But I mean, it also sounds like a really fun party. Yeah, it just seems like a cool way to go. Yeah. You know, if you got to go burn the tree, that's how you should go. Um, okay, here we come to the Scandinavian. <laughs> oh, no. To the Scandinavian and Northern German tradition. Okay. In the 1500s, is recorded in a German village uh, that at Christmas tra- time, a tree should be displayed in a guild house in the town. And some of those early uh, decorations were probably, again, paper flowers, nuts, and pretzels. Oh, yeah. All right. Yum. This was all fun and games in Europe. Until somebody started eating those pretzels and they were (laughs) full of needles. But um, in the colonies, they were not into it, right? A couple of reasons. Puritans. Yes, definitely Puritans. Second, the influx of German immigrants bringing uh, this kind of like German celebratory fun business for christmas boo fun uh not only did the puritans hate fun they also didn't like foreigners even though they were foreign uh, you know it's almost like it's like a bitterly (laughs) ironic hatred here in america (laughs) it is i don't like when people come into my country even though i came into this country took it away from someone else Mm -hmm. as we've talked about i think i've talked about before on the show there's also a long period of time we did an episode of it, The War on Christmas. Yeah. There's a long period of time where Christmas was outlawed in America because, uh, in, in the U.S., because uh, the puritanical religious leaders saw it as like a drunken, debaucherous celebration. Uh, and so I have to imagine there was a lot of, oh, people are going to have fun and drink and be loud. Boo. Exactly. No trees. No decorations. No presents. No presents. None of that. Ugh. Um, so Christmas was church. You just go to church and you're done. But that was also probably every day. Every day. Church all the time, 24-7. All right. Now we come to it. Our favorite power couple. Yes. Uh, uh, Kanye West. No. (laughs) No, I know. Uh, I can't believe that was the only pull I had. I'm so sorry, everybody. I was trying to think. Oh, God, I can't believe that that's where I went. No, it's, of course, Prince Albert and Queen Victoria. Of course, yes. That you, you literally, if this is your first time listening to an episode of Strangers, you can't have our modern-day idea of Christmas without Prince Albert and Queen Victoria. In fact, I would say you wouldn't have, like, a solid majority of our et- current etiquette understanding mm-hmm. if it weren't for Queen Victoria. Like, so much of this, like... Wedding case, Queen Victoria, 
Oh, every, everything. Everything. Two. Everything, <laughs> these two. Great. Well, Notes, so, writing Christmas cards, Queen Victoria. Yeah. Uh, all of this stuff. Um, and in fact, the Christmas tree in particular can be traced back to a single photograph printed in the newspapers in 1841. Of Prince Albert dressed up as a Christmas tree. No, no. of the family standing in front of... The German tradition of a Christmas tree. Yeah. And everyone, and everyone said, plants and doors? Yeah, what? and everyone was like, I love it. Um, and, you know, less than 10 years after that, the colonies, no longer the colonies, the United States was like, hey, these cool cats like it. We like it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it was customary in the U.S. to bring uh, the tree home on Christmas Eve and decorate it that evening. They could then be kept up until uh, January 6th, which is uh, related to the whole, like, 12 days of Christmas, the Epiphany, Magi coming. Twelfth night, sure. What? Twelfth night, and not the uh, Shakespeare, Queen Elizabeth thing, or it's like the twelfth night after Christmas, and it's like a big celebration. I don't know. Don't worry about it. We'll look into it for a different time. Twelfth night? Yeah. Yeah, okay, sure. Um, so then, uh, now, it is an iconic symbol of Christmas all around the world. There are 25 to 30 million real trees sold in the U.S. every year, where there are close to 350 million currently, currently growing on tree farms in the U.S. alone. And all 50 states and Canada boast at least one tree farm. Oh, wow. Which I think is great. Um, It's a self-sustaining practice because if you want to keep your tree farm, every time you cut one down, you plant a new one, right? Yes, that's true. So, um, that's pretty cool. Um, and one more super cool number fact is the largest Christmas tree in the world, which measures a whopping 278 feet. Oh, wow. Is the Holiday Arbor in Rio de Janeiro. Okay. Uh, it also floats in the middle of the city's lagoon. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That is pretty cool. Twelfth Night, also known as Epiphany Eve, is a festival in some branches of Christianity that takes place on the last night of the 12 days of Christmas, marking the coming of the Epiphany. Different traditions mark the date of Twelfth Night on either the 5th of January or 6th of January, depending on which day one considers to be the first of the 12 days, the 25th or 26th of December. Boom. Nice. Travis Googles it. Travis Googled it. Maybe we'll do a whole thing. Okay. Uh, But before we answer some questions and And talk talk about etiquette, then we're going to uh, let's send a thank you note to some of our sponsors. Ho, ho, ho. It's me, Santa Claus. Have you taken good care of your teeth this year? I didn't know Santa had jurisdiction over teeth. Well, I've borrowed it. I'm taking over from the tooth fairy. She's taking a gap year to travel around Europe. Ho, 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 ho. So anyways, back to the question at hand. Have you 
been a good brusher this year? Yes, because I have a Quip toothbrush. Oh, so you're already aware of Quip's built-in timer that lets you know when you've brushed the appropriate two minutes and gives you a pulse when it's time to move to a new segment of your mouth. Ho, ho, ho. I'm also a big fan of their toothpaste. Yes, I like their sleek and comfortable design and the gentle vibrations that doesn't feel like it's jackhammering my gums. Ho, ho, ho. Hey, Santa. Yes? Can I talk to Travis again? This is Travis. Okay, thanks. Okay. Plus, <laughs> Quip delivers brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills every three months. They now have pre-marked floss in a dispenser, so it's got your whole thing. Toothpaste, toothbrush, and floss. You're going to get that every three months. It can really hold months. your hand through the whole process. Yeah, trust me. Quip is great, and we love it, and you can join over three million happy customers and check everyone off your gift list right now. That's right. You can get this for people you love by going to getquip.com com slash uh, schmanners and save on gift sets and get your first refill free with a refill plan. That's your first refill free at getquip, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash schmanners. Getquip dot com slash schmanners. Hi, I'm Janet Varney, and like many of you, brand new sentient robots excluded, I used to be a teenager. In fact, just about all of my friends were, too, including folks like comedian Danielle Radford. And of course, all of us, you, you take on that theater accent, and our teacher would say, no, that isn't how people talk. Right. Don't do the super theater kid accent. It's the worst. But so when I was doing theater in high school, of course, I immediately was talking about being in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> So join me every week on the JV Club podcast where I speak with my favorite women artists, innovators, and humans as we reminisce about the past and how it led us to becoming who we are. Find it every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Okay, I have a question for you, Teresa. Okay, I'm ready. Artificial tree or real tree? Well, well, this is part of the great debate, really. Oh. Um, and New York, the New York Times wrote an article detailing the real versus fake debate debate and here are some pros and cons okay okay so for real trees for real trees for real the pros are picking a tree is a fun family activity you can go and get yes. like hot chocolate and walk around in the cold and be like look at this one no look at this one i want a big one i want a fat one also, real trees smell amazing. Sure. Right? Um, they're biodegradable and recyclable. So okay. even if your tree goes to the dump, instead of being recycled, it will biodegrade because it is a plant. Okay. Um, it is literally bio. It's literally bio. It's the most bio that you can be. Um, they support local businesses. I know that a um, a church down the street from us often has a... Uh, Christmas tree fundraiser yeah. thing. Um, and like I said earlier, most Christmas trees, in fact, pretty much every Christmas tree you're going to get um, in the U.S. is made on a farm. So you're not like cutting down forest trees. You are purchasing a tree that will be replaced once it's cut down. Yes. Um. Here we go with the cons. Needles. Right. Like everywhere. That is why 
This is why my family, and now me as an adult, will always use artificial tree. Is because when I was a kid, I got a pine needle stuck in my foot, and it got infected, and I had to go to the hospital. Yeah. Not anymore. No more for me. No more. Um, also, fire hazard. Yeah. We're getting to that that point. Um, the reason... Uh, well, no, I'm going to wait just a little longer. Okay. To explain the fire. Uncontrolled fire, fire bad. Uncontrolled fire bad. Um, and even this, because of this, a lot of like apartment complexes forbid real trees. Yeah. Because really, if you don't keep them moist. Okay. Hydrated. <laughs> hydrated. They can, they can totally go up in flames. And mm-hmm. one of my, uh, one of my favorite episodes of Mythbusters has to do with the Christmas tree. In- when they're testing all the different yeah. ways to keep it hydrated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like I said, and here's the thing, you have to care for them. Like they're they're not maintenance free um, because you have to water them. You have to vacuum up stuff. You you can also get like sap and resin places. Yeah. And you want to make sure that your animals don't chew it, eat it, attack yeah. it, that kind of stuff. And a lot of people are allergic to pine. Yeah. And and yeah, I I, I personally prefer uh the the artificial tree um mostly because i like knowing where it is i like having it and i like that the lights are already on it mm-hmm. that is that is the one of the pros of the artificial trees no mess no maintenance reusable um they're also cheaper than real trees usually um Especially over time, yeah. because you can use them over and over and over again. If you keep good care of it, you could probably use it for the entire life of your Christmas. Christmases. However many Christmases you do, it'll be there for you. Um, like you said, many come pre-lit. They have programmable like lights nowadays. The LEDs are really great because it's not like the string lights that people used to have where one goes out, it breaks a circuit, and then you have to figure out where the the broken circuit is and all this kind of stuff. So the LEDs don't do that anymore. You can get colors, you can get lights, you can get it blinking. Like, Listen, I'm sure people listening at home already have strong feelings about artificial versus real. What is the etiquette of Christmas trees? Okay. This is where the when, the when comes in. When can I put up my Christmas tree? Whenever you want. Yes, that's the answer. Oh, yeah, nailed it. (laughs) Traditionally, as you know, as you do, as we talk about here, um, if we are talking about before artificial trees, there was only the real tree. Mm Mm-hmm. And you best make sure it's fresh because you're going to decorate it with candles. Yeah. So Christmas Eve is when you put up. Traditionally. Traditionally. But nobody does that now because there's so much other stuff to do on Christmas Eve. Exactly. But, I mean, if you're going to put a lit candle on a Christmas tree, you want to make sure that it's as fireproof as possible in your home. Yeah. So you wait until Christmas Eve to even chop the tree down. Right, because you want it to be super. What do they say in the the um, secret garden? Wick. You want it to be wick. 
listen, this is me, Travis McElroy, saying, don't do any of this. If Like, <laughs> lit, lit candle on a tree. No. Chopping it down the night before Christmas. No. Putting it up on Christmas. No. I see that now. Well, we were watching something, a Christmas movie, where they were like, and we need to put up the tree. And, and I was like, what? No. <laughs> Everything should be right. You should be able to go to sleep. And wake up, and everything's done. You shouldn't put up the tree like Christmas Eve. What's the matter with you? I think it's anxiety-inducing, to to say the least. Um, but, like, that was when when people started decorating trees. That's what you did. That was yeah. the only option, Rest. unless you wanted to catch your house on fire. But now, there really are a ton of options. I saw that there are some religious sects of the Catholic Church that wait until after Advent, the last Sunday of Advent, um, in order to make it more of like the whole, the waiting is the fun part, mm-hmm. supposedly. <laughs> Not for me. Uh, but then, you know, there are, you can decorate a tree for Halloween if you want. Yeah. Like, um, I, being being massively pregnant, knew that I would not want to do any decorating in pretty much like the second week of December. Yep. So uh, we dragged out the tree before Thanksgiving. Yep. Now, we didn't put decorations on it yet. That's true. It was lit because it's a pre-lit tree. Right. But we didn't put decorations on until after Yes. Uh, but we also did kind of a slow rollover from like fall Halloween decorations to Christmas decorations. It was like one day at a time. We'll just take this one down and put this one up. Okay. All the pumpkins with faces come down yes. now. <laughs> yes. Uh, I have a question here. Okay. We have questions here. This is okay. from Savage Lucy. How many trees is acceptable? Um, You know, I think that you can put it into categories. How many full-size trees. Right. I wouldn't do more than one full-size tree per room. Per room. Right. We have two because when we lived in a much smaller apartment, we got a very thin uh, artificial tree and then when we moved into our house and we had a big open floor plan in the living room, we got a much wider tree. So Because we, that skinny tree looks so sad yeah, in it our didn't, great big room. It just wasn't the right scale. So we put the skinny tree is up in our upstairs hallway and we put the uh, big big old tree down in the living room. Yes. And then we also have all of these little trees because before we got that skinny tree, we just decorated with like, I would say, one foot tall kind of trees. Yeah. some uh, They're between like eight inches and two feet. Two maybe. feet. And they're so, like little tabletop decoration things. Right. And we have like maybe five or six of those that we would put around our apartment. Right, and then we transition to skinny tree, and then transition to full size tree. So at this point, we have a lot of trees. So put up as many dang trees as you please. Right, um, but, but I would I would stick with just aesthetically, no more than like one full size tree per room. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, let's see. Uh, this is from Carol Lily. Uh, oh, I think it's probably Lily or Carol Lily of the Bells. At what point does the tree go from festive and creative to obnoxious? I love special ornaments, and I've seen Christmas dress forms, wall decorations, and unconventional trees, but many people I know seem exhausted at the thought of doing anything aside from box decorations. Well, hey, they can just do box decorations, can't they? Yeah, I think 
I think for me, it I used to. So my mom growing up, uh, we had a like very thematic decorated tree, right, for our main like living room tree, and it was all very what I would describe as like country kitchen. Yeah. Right? Lots of like apples and gingham. gingham and like even down to like the decorations were like little metal baking trays with like heart shaped cookies on them and stuff like that. Like it was a very, very cute. My mom was like Kentucky and we lived in West Virginia and my dad was from Ohio. So it was a very like country kitchen. And so there is a part of me that loves a thematically decorated tree. There's Festival of Trees growing up. I used to go to those as a kid in, in Huntington and in the surrounding area and seeing a tree of like, this tree is all about music and this tree is all yeah, about trees. I mean, I've definitely and- seen that. And also colored trees in the way of like, uh, where like the lights are stark white and all the decorations are blue and right. silver and also uh, red and gold is a very right. common color but combination. You do not have to do that. That's the thing is like, especially now that we have a three-year-old, the idea of like, I'm going to design what this looks like is out of the question. <laughs> At this point, like just keeping BB from putting all of the decorations on one branch is a singular triumph. So like that, that to me is really what my only decorating aesthetic at this point is don't clump them all together is try to spread it evenly across the tree. Besides that, I think that it's perfectly justifiable to say, like, all of these decorations are mismatched, but they all mean something to me. Mm-hmm. That, to me, I think carries a lot more weight than, like, all of my decorations match perfectly. And if you want to do a dress form tree, if you want to do a felt wall tree, if you want to do a Christmas card tree, like, all of that stuff is great if you want to do it. Yeah, and if you have the time to do it. Don't feel like you have to do it and like rush to get it done because you feel like uh, you're not Pinterest successful if you don't do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Sure. Uh, one last question here. This is from Matt. What are some tips to keep kids safe around the tree? Uh, two that spring immediately to my mind is to anchor it to the wall. Yes, which with, we've done. Yeah, get like an eye bolt, uh, screw it into somewhere in the wall that has a uh, stud in it, and then just like run wire from that eye bolt to the top of the tree. I think we used just like picture hanging wire. Right. Yeah. Uh, secondly, last year when BB was smaller, what we did is we got a bunch of empty boxes from like Amazon, you know, Purchases. cardboard cardboard boxes, right? All different sizes and shapes, wrapped them like they were presents and then ran rope through them. And it was like a little fence of boxes that BB could not get through to get to the tree. So we used that to like guard the tree without and because they were empty boxes, uh, she didn't care about opening them uh, like she did care about the presents. Right, and even if she if she ripped it open, who cares? Right, it wasn't yeah. a present. We could just tape it back closed. So it was a little bit more of a decoration, and also kept her from getting at it. Um, I've seen people put baby gates around trees. Mm-hmm. Same thing for for doggies and kitties who like to climb trees. Yes, eat trees. Um. I've seen people put trains around trees, and I think that that would probably uh, keep dogs or cats away because yeah. of the noise and the movement. A and kid's probably going to want to grab it. Right. Um, and then, I mean, you can always put it up on a table. Yeah. Use the top half of the tree if it's a artificial tree, uh, the last four feet or so. 
put it on a table so they can't get to it. I mean, I would also recommend like no glass ornaments or at the very least no glass ornaments from like the bottom two feet of the tree. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anything like that. Unplug it at the end of every night. Uh, You know, that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff. Um, So I have a couple of family stories I would like to put on the internet. Okay. The first one being my grandparents were um were blue collar Appalachian people. My uh grandpa always was looking for uh you know how to how to save a dime as they say. So my mom told me about how most Christmases he would wait until Christmas Eve to go get the tree one because it was cheaper. Uh-huh. And two, because he wanted two trees. Being an avid gardener, he understood how to graft uh, trees together. Okay. Uh, so what he would do is he would buy one tall tree with like a straight trunk, even if the branches were very sparse. And then he would buy a shorter, fatter, maybe twisty tree and cut off the branches from the shorter tree and drill holes into the trunk of the taller tree and put more branches. That's so much work. Well, here's the thing. Uh, He knew how to do it well. So well, in fact, that one year when uh, he had actually purchased a bald tree, meaning that the roots came with it and it was balled up, uh, one year he purchased that and and did the whole grafting business, and then they planted it in their yard. Twenty eight years later, when they had to cut the tree down because it was interfering with some electrical wires in the yard, you could still see where he had grafted the branches and they had grown into the trunk. Okay, it was right. amazing. Okay, one more story, then we got to wrap up. Okay. Um, my mother, again, says that, uh, her mom invented the tabletop tree, which I don't think is true. Okay. But they did exactly what I described. Uh, once they had an artificial tree, I think after my parents moved out, or my, my mom moved out, um, my grandma and grandpa were like, eh, we don't really want to do the whole big tree thing. So they took the top half of their Christmas tree and set it up on the table. Nice. Um, And my mom was like, and I had never seen that before. And I was like, "Eh, probably not the first people to think of that. But now those are marketed towards people. Incredible. You can put it right on your tabletop and not have to move your furniture around or anything. And, you know, still looks great. Eye level. That's what we're talking about, right? You Mm -hmm. see all the stuff at the eye level. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Before we do all the other wrap-up stuff, let me remind you, it is the holiday season. Please take care of yourself. Don't drink and drive. Don't party too much. Don't overdo it. Just, you know, take care of yourself. We love you, and we don't want anything to happen to you. And, you know, even if you don't, be aware that there are people out there who will drink and drive. So drive carefully. Keep your head on a swivel. Be careful. Um... We want you to have a a safe time today so you can party tomorrow, too. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, So if you have ideas for episodes, you can email us, schmannerscast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us, at schmannerscast. 
That is also where we will post topics when it's time to gather questions. Uh, we're not going to have an episode next week because it is Christmas week. Um, and probably after that because baby. Yes, but we're going to re-air some episodes. So if you have any that you're like, oh, yes, this is Hall of Fame. Got to redo this one. You can email us or tweet at us. Um, let's see. What else, Teresa? Well, we always thank Brent, Brentlefloss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Also, thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. Thank you to Keely, uh, sorry, Bruja Betty Pinnett Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners, which you can please, please join if you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans. Um, and thank you, MaximumFun.org. You can check that out. Uh, we're going to be doing, oh, I almost forgot. My brother, my brother, me, and Adventure Zone are going to do some live shows here in Cincinnati, February 19th and 20th. Those tickets are on sale now. Uh, go to Macroy.family and click on Tours, and you can buy those. Uh, and yeah, that's going to do nope. it for us. Thank you oh. to our wonderful research assistant and show writer, Alex. Um, I... I don't always read verbatim everything she writes, but when I do, she writes it beautifully. So that's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.